Good morning. Today we are commemorating uh, my late teacher, Donovan Dwight Sensei, who passed away about a week ago. And uh, I'm going to begin by two invocations. The first one is to bring uh, teachers of our spirit, of teachers of our tradition, to witness and support this event. And the second is invocation of the three treasures. After that, Myogen will chant the Green Tara. I will then speak for a little bit and uh, we will conclude with the five remembrances. So please put your hands in Gasho. Namuji po butsu namuji po ho namuji po so namu hon shi shakyamuni butsu namu dai zu dai hi kyu ku kanze on bosa namu dai ji fugen bosa namu dai ji majushri bosa namu koso joyo dai shi namu taiso josai dai shi Namu Riki Daisho Shibosatsu. Namu Kie Butsu, Namu Kie Ho, Namu Kie So, Kie Butsu, Mujo Son, Kie Ho, Rijin Son, Kie So, Wago Son, Kie Bukyo, Kie Hokyo.
goes and returns to the sea. So most of you, you, you don't have to have your hands in gasho, thank you. Uh, most of you have never met Donovan Sensei. Some of you, a few of you have actually met him and trained with him. But all of you, all of us, have been experiencing his energy as it naturally flows through me. After almost three decades of knowing him personally, deeply, following him, he is a part of my energy, he is a part of my being. It's not in the head, it's in the body. It is embodied. And this is what we are doing. We are in a continuous process of embodiment or embodying, bypassing the mind, going directly to the center where we are all connected, where we are all born and die as one. Donovan started his journey with the martial arts in England when he was very young. He was a kid. He first started with judo. And then he ended up with Aikido, you could say by chance. One day his mother was late to pick him up from a judo class. And that dojo had also Aikido classes right after the judo class. So he ended up sitting on the bench waiting for his mother while he saw a bunch of people putting on those skirts. And uh, he got curious. He actually asked if when you get good at judo, you get one of those skirts called hakama. And they said, no, this is something else. So he stayed, he watched, got interested. And then uh, another time happened again that his mother was late to pick him up and he decided to sit and see if he can actually train with them. And that was the beginning. The beginning of a very long journey. He actually got his black belt when he was 14 years old. Fell in love with it and devoted his life to this. Later on, in, in his uh, mid to late 20s, he decided to come to the U.S. and uh, become a living student called Uchideshi uh, with uh, Yamada-sensei, who is a direct student of the founder, who is actually also my teacher. So we both... He's my teacher, Donovan, but... We both also same share the same teacher. So he became a living student and he spent uh, 
about 10 years at the dojo. He was already a high-ranking black belt at the time. But he was always a beginner. Always eager to learn. Always wanted to deepen. And I met him back in uh, 1992 in New York. When he was there, he was teaching a lot of classes. Um, I was... Very quickly, I became uh, interested in, in the way he was moving, the way he embodied Aikido, his unique style of teaching it. And then a few years later, I be officially became his student. You know, devoting, he devoted over 50 years of his life to one thing. It is so unusual for us these days in our society. We have this belief or notion that we have to accumulate lots of experiences, do a lot of different things. But we end up dabbling. We end up just scraping the surface of so many things. And it's not the thing. It's how the thing penetrates our being. It's what the thing awakens in us that matters. But our minds are so, so hungry for doing lots of different things as if it matters. We're born, we live, we die. Does it matter how many things we have done in this line between the year of the birth and then the year of the death on the stone? Does it really matter? Or we should ask, what matters? And what happens when we devote ourselves fully, wholeheartedly, to the perfection of one thing? What happens? What does that do? To the mind, to the mind that wants to jump around. And what happens when we practice Zazen for decades, devoting ourselves to that? He taught me a lot of things. He taught me to stay, to not be satisfied with this is enough. I got enough out of it. I know what that is. To not be satisfied with the mind saying, I know what this is. He was always exploring. He was always curious, always innovative, creative. What am I not seeing, he would ask. How else can I do this? We had many conversations off the mat about the way he thinks of Aikido, what he sees in it. It was not just a martial art for him. It was, it was a constant exploration of life, of energy, of flow. 
Isn't that what we're about? Isn't that what we're doing? We're born, we live, we die. What do we do between those two points? Donovan studied with Yamada Sensei for many years. He also got exposed to many other wonderful teachers. Actually, I was also fortunate to get exposed to a bunch of those great teachers. And Donovan always said that Yamada Sensei gave him space to develop to develop his own style rather than force him into some kind of a box or a specific style. So he would come over, correct him when he starts to veer off and then let him be, let him explore it on his own, let him find it on his own. It works with some, not with everybody. Some of us don't want so much space. Some of us need a lot of instructions, a lot of direction. He had it from within. He knew what to obey. He was always a beginner, being on the mat for decades. He was always interested in beginners. He could be teaching a class with 200 people each person felt as if he or she is the only person on the mat when he would come and work with that person, as if there's nobody else there. Especially with beginners. A lot of teachers are not very interested in beginners. Leave them alone. But not, not with him. He would come, he would hold the hand of a beginner, guide, show, explain, answer questions again and again and again. Not once I've seen him lose patience on the mat with a student, not even once. So he taught me patience. He taught me how to think creatively, how to constantly be innovative, how to explore my own energy the connection of my energy with other people. You also taught me the value and the meaning, the deep meaning of having a teacher for decades. You know, you get to know a person in ways that are impossible to explain or describe. I've been thrown by him so many times over the years. We call it to take ukemi, so I was uke many times. Thrown at times halfway across the mat <clears throat> with his immense, <clears throat> immense power. Immense yet extremely gentle and caring and supportive. But lots of power. And I've grabbed him many times in, in demonstrations. And I can, right now, feel his energy through my body. It is palpable. I can, at will, summon it up. My body knows his energy like nothing else. I would grab him, he would move 
and the movement went from his center to my center. The mind was completely bypassed. There was no thought. There was no need to think. There was one body moving another body through direct conduit. Center to center connection. That's the best teaching we can get. That's what we're talking about in Zen, direct experience, direct expression. Bypass thoughts, emotions, karma. Bypass it, not ignore it. Just for the time being, bypass it. Feel it, sense it, connect. And you get to study your center. You get to study your movement. And when you study and understand your own center, you understand how to connect to another. You understand how another person's center feels like. You understand other people. In one of his interviews from... Uh, a couple of years ago, he was asked if he has an advice for Aikido, if he has advice for Aikido students all over the world. And he said, there is more to Aikido than just studying a martial art and learning to defend yourself. It is about understanding your own center and learning self-control as you work with your own aggressive energies and demeanor so you don't feel that you have to destroy another person, which sometimes martial arts can make you feel this way. And he said, you practice with others from the viewpoint of loving them as fellow human beings. You don't necessarily need to be a friend with everybody, but we all live together on this planet and we have to get along. Otherwise, by hurting others, you end up destroying yourself. We have to use Aikido as a tool, he said, to bring people together. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that the responsibility of a bodhisattva? When people ask me, what is the connection between Aikido and Zen? I laugh. There is no connection. How do you connect it with it? Who says those are two? Last week we talked about non-duality. Or we talked about the duality that the mind creates. There is, for me, never been, has never been Aikido without Zen or Zen without Aikido. It's a continuous practice. And that quote from Donovan reminded me of what Reb Anderson wrote in Being Upright. He said, peace is realized in entering the flow, meeting and dancing with aggressive energy. Entering the flow and meeting and dancing with our aggressive energies, our own, others. Can we, is there any other peace? Can we achieve any other peace? Can we deny 
or go against. Karma, aggressive energies, anger. We have to enter directly. We have to blend. We have to meet it. Acknowledge. Work with it. Work with everybody. There is a <coughs> dialogue, some of you may remember that, uh, you know, from our Zen tradition between uh, Ruyan and Yanto, which always reminded me of Aikido and Zen as one. Ruyan once asked Yanto, what is the fundamental constant principle? And Yanto said, moving. And Ruyan said, when moving, what then? And Yanto said, you do not see the fundamental constant principle. I know what that feels like. I grabbing him or attacking him so many times. I did not see the constant fundamental principle. I was, I am that principle. And that was not separated from him. That constancy is what Aikido about. But it's not in a conversation, it's not found in words, it's not found in a thought. It is only found on the mat. It is only discovered through sweat and frustration, lots of it. It is only found when we know how to meet ourselves. We are the obstacle. We are the solution. We are the obstacle. We jump around, move around. Very short-lived attention span. Quitting, joining this, quitting that. What does it matter how many things we do? Or what does it matter how many experiences we have accumulated throughout our lives? If we don't know this, we don't know anything. If we don't connect now, it's a shame. That's all it is, a shame. And this is our responsibility. This is, for me, it's clear that this is my responsibility. My teacher passed away, but his energy is alive and well and thriving. And it can live and die with me. But not just with me. It can live and die with you. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the importance of recognizing that we are a link on this endless chain of a tradition, of a lineage. Aikido, Zen, same thing. It can live and die with us. But we have to prioritize. We have to.
to make it, we have to make the practice, the practice, a priority. And it's a way. Aikido is a do, is a way, like the Tao, Tao Te Ching. I is harmonizing. Ki is energy. Do is the way. We chant. Now I return to oneness. It's the same thing. We chant so we can be reminded that our practice is to turn towards unity while we are experiencing a mind that always wants to chop things up, that never knows enough, always wants something else, always compares, judges, and quantifies. We have to turn towards unity. And it takes a great deal of discipline. I know some of you don't like this word. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. You don't have to like it. In fact, throw away the word and be disciplined. Don't think about it. Don't ask, what do I feel about this word? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. We have to pick it up or pick up the slack or tighten up the slack, as O-sensei said. On a daily basis, we're dealing with, as you know, as we all know, with very powerful karma, extremely powerful. And we should not underestimate how powerful that is but again, as you know, we should also never underestimate the power that's, that lies within us, each of us. So to me, it's clear that I need, I will keep this, not need, I will keep this going. It's a commitment. It's a privilege and a commitment. You know, I've known so many people over the years, both Aikido and Zen, who have practiced for a while, sometimes a long while, and faded away. Who knows why? Sometimes they explain it, sometimes they don't. They just fade away. And when, the fade, when we fade away, it means... Well, maybe we do devote ourselves wholeheartedly to something else, but in many cases, it means that the mind, the thinking mind, or the conventional mind, became the dominant force in our lives. The conventional reality easily prevails if we are not disciplined. Every day, And we have to do things again and again and again, bypass the mind saying, this is boring. I wake up every morning and I take the bokeh and the wooden sword that we have and I go outside and I, I do about four to 500 cuts every morning. It's one cut, one simple cut, raising, dropping, every day. 
What's the point? The mind says. You know how to do that. Why don't you do something else? Why don't you cut this way? Why don't you paint it in nice colors? It's boring. You've done it before. That's not true. It only appears to be this way. And Donovan taught me that. He did not get on the mat with the idea of I know what I'm doing here. That was embodied. So there was no need to think about that. He got on the mat wanting to explore further with amazing level of curiosity, wanting to see, wanting to see what he is unable to see yet. And he imparted that very well. It's how I get on the mat. In fact, it's how I wake up every morning. Never mind what I know. Never mind yesterday. What about this? What about this? Who am I to judge this? Who am I to judge this? Maybe that's all we need to say. Who am I to judge this? Who the hell am I to judge this? It's not dismissive. It's inclusive. It's loving. It's loving reality more than thought. That's all that is. It's wanting to dance with reality. And he did that. He did that. It's a lot to say, but also there's a lot to sit with and be intimate with. I may speak more at different times. I may bring it up in different tasios. And if, if I don't bring it up, I will bring it up indirectly. If anything, if anything, that should be, that is for me, and it should be for all of us, an encouragement to go deeper, to own the practice, to be clear, to be clear about how to move from the center. The Buddha said, life is a journey, death is a return to earth. The universe is like an inn, the passing years are like dust. Regard this phantom world as a star at dawn, a bubble in a stream, a flash of lightning in a summer cloud, a flickering lamp, a phantom and a dream. Don't give it weight, that is saying. But it is also saying don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. 
Don't dismiss it because it's a bubble in a stream. Lots happens within that bubble. Lots of pain, lots of love, lots of suffering and joy. Lots of amazing connections with each other. How can we dismiss it? How can we not love it? How can we not take heed? Why squander? Why not fully engage, fully be wholehearted with every second? Eat it up rather than jump around, look for something else. It's all here. One thing. All we have to do is just one thing. Again and again and again and again and again and again. Then we understand in a way that bypasses thought. Then we embody. Then we embody. And embodiment never ends. Thank you.